I always knew my, my plan was to always retire a Raven. Terrell allowed me to be, be myself. Terrell Suggs is always going to be Terrell Suggs. He's going to be outgoing, going to be loud, going to be goofy. Um, you know, he's going to yell outrageous stuff at any moment. So <laughs> being around him, it just let me open up and be myself. And Yeah, I missed Sizzle a lot. That was my guy. So he probably still holds a grudge against you for breaking his nose. Yeah, probably. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome into the lounge. It's been a busy time here at the castle. Uh, Lodi Nada coming by to retire. We had Brian Billick coming by to go or announce that he's going into the Ring of Honor. Guy named Gerald McCoy. I don't know if you've heard anything about this, Garrett, but it's been kind of big news. <laughs> Him coming in for a visit. So a lot going on. Oh, and by the way, OTAs, OTAs are happening. Yep. So yep. Earl Thomas returned to the field for the first time. Forgot about that one. Yeah, exactly. That seems like forever ago. He comes back on the field on Tuesday, and then there's so much that happens on Wednesday, uh-huh. and people forget about it. And... We have a special guest coming in here other than Haloti Nada, who we're doing our interview with, but we're going to get to that later. Yeah. Uh, before we get to our special guest, Garrett, uh, let's, let's go into the email bank here. All right, so if you guys listened to last week's episode, uh, you'll remember that we had a bit of a discussion about doppelgangers, celebrity yes. lookalikes. Yes. And so Mine all, was very flat. Who was yours again? Colin Jost. Oh, yeah, Colin Jost. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whoa, Frankie, <laughs> the producer, does not like that comparison. At, what was that thing? <laughs> Okay. It was a laugh. A yeah, laugh I, out I, of I, agreement or disagreement? I think disagreement. The, the <laughs> laugh says it all right there. I think everyone recognizes that. Uh, so we asked the listeners to email the lounge at ravens.nfl.net to let us know who you thought my celebrity lookalike was. We got some emails. Uh, this first one comes from Dan Andrews. He says, hey, Ryan and Garrett, I'm a Maryland native who now lives in Miami. I've been a Ravens fan since birth. I love the podcast. Haven't missed an episode, which is pretty good. That's saying a lot. Um, I'm not sure if you're still on the celebrity doppelganger subject, but I think if I were to come up with something for Garrett, I'd say he's a cross between Neil Patrick Harris and Morty. From Rick and Morty. Rick. Oh, Frankie likes that one better. Okay, so you think it's pretty good. I mean, Rick and Morty's a cartoon. I'm not sure how I feel about that. You are a little cartoonish. I, it's because I'm fun, you know? Well, what, what were the the other ones? The, the oh, okay, yep. Yeah. All right, so then we got another email. It says, clearly your doppelganger is Zach Woods. Zach Woods is <laughs> Gabe from The Office, which I can also see. I can also see that oh, one. Oh, that dude's so awkward. He is awkward, but he, that's just him as in that character. I'm awkward much, looking. He's No, he's a great-looking man. Great-looking man. <laughs> All right, and, and the other one. The other one was James Woods. And I'm a little bit confused because James Woods, James, how old is James Woods? He's (laughs) 72. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how I feel about that. But my question is, with James Woods, are they talking about the young strapping version? No, I think they're talking about the 72-year-old version. No, I think they're talking about an old version. Or the other option here is that maybe they just put, they meant Zach Woods, but they wrote James Woods. No, you kind of look like James Woods. The young looking version the one with the big forehead i have a huge i have i have a five head i have a five head head. so both zach woods and james woods have that so i think that if that's what they're going for i can i can be down with that anyway we'll put out the pictures because we we forgot Mm. to tweet the pictures so that that people can weigh in but uh with all that said let's get to a much better looking man (laughs) uh and more successful one uh this is our interview uh we're going to jump into it with haloti nada well, Haloti, just an awesome day. Uh, just a lot of good feelings. Uh, so just what does this day mean to you? And, and uh, you know, how hard does it kind of hit you to be back here emotionally? 
mostly it hit me just like a wall. Like it's just like I said I, earlier, I just have so many memories here and yeah. so many um, great uh, relationships. And um, you start to think about all those memories and relationships and the people, the, the paths you cross with so many people. And um, it's just so awesome to be able to come back and be part of a team you started with and um, had so much success with. And it's so it's just... It's just amazing to be able to come back and uh, be a Raven again. Hits you like a wall. I, I imagine that a lot of offensive players that you played against are like, it's about time this guy got hit like a wall. <laughs> Seriously. He hit me, Rashard Mendenhall, sitting here. Yeah, I know the feeling. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, you, you're on the Mount Rushmore of great Ravens defenders, and I, I feel like everybody knew that before today, but this kind of just highlights that. You know, as we go back and you get to watch your highlights, and you're like, man. This dude was so dominant. I mean, just what does that mean to you? Because there's been, obviously, so many great defensive players here that you played with. Yeah, it's always been a dream just to be able to first play in the NFL. And then you always, for me, I've always wanted to be one of those players that made a difference or did something um, with a team that was significant. And so being able to say that, you know, I'm part of a, a D team that's, dominated on defense and then being one of those legend defensive players is just just adds on to like all the <laughs> overwhelming feelings I'm getting but it's just um it's just I'm just very um blessed and humbled by all the um like love I've been getting from the whole organization nice. I'm curious you talked about this a little bit during your press conference but obviously the Ravens traded you to Detroit then you played in Philly for a year was there a point at, at, at all where you wondered like would you come back here and it's I mean when you guys were talking about it it's all good you know like it's all it, it's clear that there's no like ill will or anything like that that was held was there if like, I had you, a question did, about it like did you think that you would ever have this day like you had today I always knew my my plan was to always retire a raven okay and uh so that was like that was a no question like and everyone that I played with like outside of Baltimore in Detroit and Philadelphia were like they always like ask me like, "Are you going to retire?" I was like, "Of course." And I was like, "Yeah, that's just kind of where you always made a lot of your history, your mm-hmm. your memories." And so, yeah, so yeah, I talked to guys like Michael Bennett, Chris Long, and those guys, and they're like, "Yeah, they're eventually going to go back to their places. They, you know, made their career and retire, you know, a Seahawk or a Ram." So, right. um, it's just it, it, uh, to me, I always knew I wasn't ever. Um, not going to come back and be a Raven. What did you learn about playing here when you went and played elsewhere? Um, it was just different because defensively here, it's just we're so, like, prideful and um, finishing top past top five is bad defense for us, right? <laughs> right, and right. So <laughs> you go to Detroit, you know, they're not as defensive dominating, dominating defenses. And so it's just you kind of try to build a – you're trying to build a um, – like a, you're just trying to make a like identity a there. Kinda, like yeah, right. you're trying to change the mindset there. Yeah. Right. And I think that's why Caldwell wanted me to come there too, mm. um, just to help change the the mindset there. The right. So it's just going from there here to there was like you're trying to build it up. Here it was kind of ready set. 
So you were kind of the finishing piece to it. Like it was, it was in place. Yeah. And then when you got here, it, was, yeah, it exactly. took it to another level. So well, it's you, just, you go to Detroit and they're they're throwing the ball sixty times a game. You're like, hey guys, can we run the ball a little <laughs> yeah, bit? Right, can right, I get right. a little breath on the sideline <laughs> yeah, exactly. here, Jim? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's just that that was some of the differences there, and so it's just um, I just couldn't be happier now that, that I'm back in Baltimore. Can you take us back to that time? Because I, re- I still remember the day when you were traded and us being like, holy moly, that just happened. Like, yeah. I can't believe that happened. And yeah. Garrett even went up and, and talked to Eric DeCoste about it. And Eric, like, you were kind of like, wow, this is a big day. This is a big move. And Eric was, what did, what was it that he said? Eric, what was his quote? I did an interview with him and he was like, it was a sickening feeling. Yeah. Like, sickening even internally, feeling. I think that there wasn't like, there weren't many high fives going around. You know, it was like everyone internally kind of felt like it was a Again, a sickening feeling. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So I was talking back and forth to my agent and then back and forth with Harbaugh and Ozzy. And uh, they're like, hey, we have this. This is our deal. This is what we want to do. And um, to me, it just didn't, with me and my agent, it just didn't match up with what we thought. Um, Your value was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I understood, like, if we didn't budge and they didn't budge, then there was something that's going to have to happen. So I understood, like, it's a business like I said earlier in the press conference, I was against the cap big that year. So I was like, they had to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I didn't budge and they didn't, then that's when the trade happened. And, and I just told them straight up, I was like, I was saying, I understand this is a business. And I even talked to um, Steve about it. Like, it's just, it is what it is. Like, I, I'm not mad about it. It's like, I just hope that you guys will have me come back and retire Raven because this is where I want to be at the end. That's awesome. Cool. Well, speaking of, of playing for other teams, the, the crazy part is, and Ozzy touched on this in his story about the draft in 2006, is that you could have been a Cleveland Brown. I mean, <laughs> if the Ravens didn't trade up one pick from 13 to 12, you could have been a Brown. Do you ever think about what your career would have been like or how it would have been different had that Yeah, happened? it would have been way different because uh, that year, um, I think it was Cameron Wembley who got drafted there. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, his first five years, he was on, like, three different teams already. So I could have just imagined myself being in that same situation where you're going through so many different defensive coordinators, head coaches, and so – and you're not a guy they picked, you know, the, the new mm-hmm. coaching staff that comes in. So it makes it hard. So I think I probably would have been in the same situation as Cameron. Um, and so it's just – I know my life would have just been chaos at that time, but – I'm just so, like I said, I'm just so happy and glad that I was drafted here and um, a part of a, an amazing defense that just um, was very dominant uh, through most of my career. So when you get here in 2006, you step into a defense that has Ray, Ed, Terrell Suggs, Bart Scott, Dalius Thomas. I could kind of continue Trevor on. Price, Jarrett Johnson, Chris McAllister. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like the who's who of yep, Ravens Kelly defenders. Yep. Yep. Was it crazy to walk into the locker room look around and see all those guys, but also you belonged. I mean, you came in and you were started right away. Like, what was that like to walk into that locker room? It, it was just, like I said, starstruck in the beginning. You see all these players you watched. <laughs> um, but then you're kind of like, okay, this ask questions. How can I get better? What can I do to help this defense out? Um, then you try to meet with some of the old Ravens with Siragusa. And, mm-hmm. um, you talk with Rex. And so it's like you try to get – advice or um, any, you know, points that you can get to help you um, be a dominant player. And so it, it, and a lot of the times for me, I just watched them. I like, I look at them and I'm, I didn't even have to ask questions. Um, you watch the way they watch film, you watched um, 
the way they took care of their bodies and uh, how hard they practiced and how hard they worked in uh, the weight room. And so it, I just started doing the same thing. Like to see Ray Lewis, every training camp, pull out a fresh notebook and write notes. It was like huge. Cause you're like, he already knows the defense really well. He knows offenses really well. Um, and Ed Reed doing the same thing. So it's like, okay, if they're writing notes and this is my fourth year, like I already know the defense. So <laughs> I might as well continue to write notes and pick up anything I can. And, um, but at the same time, like I didn't realize that it helped me play faster and I didn't have to think about anything because I already studied it so well on film. I already know the playbook inside and out. I know what other players are doing because where I'm supposed to be. And so it just made the whole thing easier. And just, um, it was just so, uh, it was not that hard to just follow these guys because you knew what you're getting into and what they're doing. And um, then you just start to become like them. Who do you think helped you the most in those early years? Uh, Kelly Gregg. Definitely. Okay. Um, I watched film on him. Buddy just, Lee. Talk about a different body type. <laughs> different, way different body types. I just love the way he was smart. He knew a lot of things, but how balanced he was um, with guys hitting him from the side and him not moving. So I, I wanted to be the same way and just, you know, I was a little taller, little leaner, so it just made it harder. But then... You know, it's just you just keep continue to watch it and practice it, and you you well, you watch the way he does his technique and and practices, and you watch the way he does in team um, drills, and you watch enough film, you start to like actually start doing it. So Kelly Gregg definitely taught me a lot in the beginning, uh, definitely with run stopping, and then Trevor Price it was just amazing to have him come in, and um, he's such a dominant pass rusher that you can learn some things. Uh, just by watching him as well. And, and the way he rushed a passer and got to the ball was just, just an amazing thing to watch. One thing I always thought was interesting was the, the close friendship that you developed with Terrell Suggs. Locker mates, I mean, like, yeah. Terrell was like, you cannot move Haloti away from my locker. Like, <laughs> if you break us up, there's going to be some problems, you yeah. know. And, but you're, like, such different guys personality-wise. Like, he's this brash, outgoing guy. You're yeah. more of a soft-spoken dude. <laughs> like, just how did that friendship come to be and, and you know, uh, how did you both benefit from each other? Yeah, I just, Terrell allowed me to be, be myself and then it, for me, it was okay to be myself out in public. Like, Terrell Suggs is always going to be Terrell Suggs. He's going to be outgoing, going to be loud, going to be goofy. Um, you know, it's going to yell outrageous stuff at any moment. <laughs> so <laughs> then you're like, okay, so he's himself. People, you know, are okay with it. Like I was just always reserved and like didn't want to like, you know, let everybody in. So like now like being around him, it just let me open up and be myself and kind of um, just, you know, just have fun with it. Always have fun with football practices, meeting rooms. Um, it, it was funny. Cause like, <laughs> it's the, the first day I ever met Charles Suggs. I didn't like him. It was crazy. Like I, <laughs> I like, hated him. I was like, Dude, like he's so loud, but the, then he like he looked at me. He was like, "You got to buy a um, sound system for the weight room in at the uh, college where at McDaniel. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it was like a beat up old radio that we're listening music to while we're working out." And he's like, "You got to buy a new stereo system." I'm like, what the heck, "Who's this guy telling me <laughs> right. not to like buy and like?" So I bought it, but you know, I just kind of did my thing. Like if people were telling me to do stuff, I I was just doing it. I didn't just went with it and 
I bought the uh, sound system. He was like, dude, I didn't really think you were going to do it. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> and then he probably put it right in his locker. <laughs> no, no, I know, for real, huh? But they, I think we kept it there at McDaniel. So um, I think he had a lot of respect for that. And um, every time somebody, if I said I was going to do something, I, I just going to do it. And he knew that. And I think he just loved that about me. I was like, I was always true to myself. And um, I always lived what I was showing and preached and, and yeah. taught. And, and so he loved that about me and always, uh, you know, he could come to me for advice about, you know, off the field stuff. And so um, it was just great that we kind of just would go back and forth of teaching each other different things of football and life. And um, we did a bunch of talking in our sauna sessions that we did after practice. And um, I just love Sizzle. Sizzle is one of my favorite and best teammates I've ever had. I think it hit him hard, honestly, when you weren't here anymore. Like that next year, I felt like it took him a while to kind of like. He was like grieving. Yeah. yeah. It was weird for me too. Like I just, yeah, I missed Sizzle a lot. That was my guy. And not having him next to me and or hearing him yell something and outrageous. <laughs> it's just, it was just different. I definitely missed uh, something in my in my locker life. Just It was, it was just different. How shocked were you when he went to Arizona this this summer? I way shocked. Yeah. That was uh, I thought he was going to be here for life and he was going to be just done here. But um, you know, it's probably the same situation as me. This their sides didn't meet, and yeah. now he gets to play at home. So he'll probably he'll probably be back here doing this same exact he'll thing. Do one the same day, exact thing exactly. Yeah. So a uh, couple get things. What are some of the big games that stand out to you? I mean, you talked about the play, the hit on Ben, where you broke his yeah. nose, which I think a lot of people, fans, think about that is probably the first one that comes to mind, the Mendenhall hit. What yeah. are the games that stand out to you? Is it Super Bowl? That was kind of a weird game for you. Obviously, you win the Super Bowl, but you weird. got hurt that game. I got hurt that game, so that was it was tough. But at the same time, like you, you watch the film of that game. Like It's hard to watch the film, because even though you won, but – because your team kind of separates right after that. But, like, you go back the next season, start the next season, you watch that film, um, and it's cool to see, like, I did make a difference only the first half because they weren't running anywhere at all. Well, yeah. right. First half. First half was great. So, and then I get hurt <laughs> like in the third quarter. So, third quarter, I get hurt, and then they started running the ball more. So, it's like, dang. So, I held them off just long enough for them yeah. not yeah, yeah, <laughs> for exactly. us to win the game. Right. So, but that was a, that's definitely a great memory. And, you know, winning a Super Bowl, I've always thought it was like a individual thing. Like, I mean, you do it with your teammates, but when I won, all I thought about was my family, my dad, um, you know, my wife and kids and my brothers and sisters. And so that was so cool to like be able to celebrate it with them in that moment. Um, and then anytime I made an interception, it was like a cool game. So <laughs> Houston Texans, the Colts, and Tampa Bay. So that, those are the games. Like for D lineman to get an interception is kind of, you know, weird. Well, when I, I was watching your old rugby highlights today, and then I put those <laughs> side by side with your old football highlights, when you get the ball in your hands, you're kind of a natural athlete. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you look like you're made to run the ball. Yeah, just uh, got to score, try to score. After that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember the interception you had that pretty much sealed the win over the Steelers. It was like full extension diving. I don't know if another defensive tackle has ever or will ever in the yeah. future pull off that kind of interception. I don't know. what I just did it. I don't know. How I, like my body just reacted, I guess. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I was an out-of-body experience. <laughs> have, you, have you ever, this is going back to the hit against Ben, have you guys ever talked about that play? Me and Ben? Yeah, that was breaking. No, I've actually never talked to him. Like, we never got, like, other than 
playing them, I never talked to them. I thought maybe a Pro Bowl or something like that. Yeah, like uh, the times I would go, or the times I got invited to go, I couldn't go. Gotcha. Family, like I had a baby one year, and then got hurt one year, and then the so he probably still holds a grudge against you for breaking his nose. (laughs) Yeah, probably. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Also, yeah, I. Pretty sure Ben's probably a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got to know, how did you come up with the idea of doing the retirement announcement atop Mount Kilimanjaro? Yeah, so I got invited by Chris Long. He was, yeah. She does a charity event out there and um, hikes Mount Kilimanjaro to bring awareness of the water, how bad the water is out in East Africa. And so um, every year they go out and build a well um, in a village that needs water. And so it's really cool to go out there and you see the villages and how bad the situation really is and um, how they have a lot of fluoride that's really bad for your body in the water. So um, they're building a lot of wells out there. And so you go, I went out there for that. Um, and then at the same time, I just asked him if I can retire. I think, and that's my retirement on top. And he was like, dude, that'd be so cool. Like if you did that um, here. And so like, it was uh, like, I knew I was probably going to retire. I mean, by the end of the season, I was going to retire. And so when he invited me to do that, I was like, W, like it just kind of doing kind of fell together. Fell, yeah, it just fell together. Like I didn't mean to. Like I didn't just go to Mount Kilimanjaro just to announce my retirement. Right, it just right, 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 right. happened to like <laughs> fall at the same time, which was. I was just thankful that Chris let me do it. You know, during his uh, his uh, charity event there, and um, it was just. I was just glad that I was. Uh, it was cool to be able to do that and say I. Ended out on top. It's pretty impressive for a 340-pound guy yeah, that's to get up thing. Kilimanjaro. Like, yeah, the uh, <laughs> the guy that went with us, he was like, we should have weighed you before because it would have been like a world record. He wow. believes it would have been like a oh, yeah, world yeah. record for a, the biggest man to ever hike Mount Kilimanjaro. Well, were you like super well, – I mean, what's the hardest part? Were you super out of breath? Was it – Yeah, so right when I got past about 17,000 feet, I was getting dizzy a lot. Like, yeah. I had to take more breaks. Um, so it was, it, that's, that's what I got. Like, I didn't really like throw up or anything. I just got dizzy. That, that was the only part. So I had to like take a couple of breaks just to like catch my body again. Like, yeah. you know, okay, slow down. And then like, you'll go a couple of like 20, 30 feet and then have to stop again. Like, oh, like, yeah, I don't want to fall off a cliff or anything. Yeah. That's kind of nice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nicey up there. Yeah. Well, even though you didn't get the official record, we'll give it to you. We'll say that yeah. you're the biggest guy. Just to say it. I am. You still look like you're in really good. <laughs> like if we don't sign Gerald McCoy, <laughs> you reconsider this whole retirement yeah, no, thing. Uh, yeah. I just don't want to wake up sore anymore. <laughs> I, don't there. I, I always felt bad. I mean, you played such a, gr- a tough position and it, it you took a beating over the course of your career. So yeah. I don't bl- obviously blame you at all. Yeah, and yeah, my wife asking me every morning, "Are you okay?" Like, "Yeah, I'll be all right." Like, just give me a couple minutes. <laughs> but yeah, like when I start, once I started questioning it the last month, it was that's when I knew I was like, "It's time, definitely to yeah. retire." Because if you like, I've never questioned like uh, me being sore in the morning. Like, it's part of the business. Is what you do. This is what you signed up for. And so I started questioning it the last month of the season. And I'll, once I started doing that, I was like, "Okay, it's time to." Right. Before we let you go, I got to tell this story because this is one of my favorite Haloti stories. This Ooh, was this right. was one of my first interviews with him. 
So I started here in 2011. I don't remember what year it was, but I went to Haloti and asked him to do an interview. And he liked to he liked to give us a hard time, you know, at, at times. I don't know who he got that from. I know, exactly, sucks. exactly. <laughs> you and Suggs have that in common. I, I learned that from him. Right. Yeah. So I go to Haloti and asked to do an interview in his locker room, and he says he needed a cornhole partner. He was thinking it was during the offseason. There's only a couple of guys in there in the locker room at the time, and you needed a cornhole partner. So you said, if I was your partner and we beat whoever we played, then you would do the interview. And we got the job done. We, we got the boom. We got we got the job done. We I think it's because I did a good job. Yeah, yeah. I, I carried. I carried the team. Yeah, right. I carried yeah, right. the team, and we did the interview. Here's the yeah. question: How much was riding on that game, and did you get any cut of it? I, I wish I would have. Well, here's here's the truth, though. I wouldn't have been putting anything up. He would have had to float the bill on that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That would have been the one. We got the interview. Though. But we got the interview. Yes, we're good. Yes, nice. Well, thank you for doing this interview. Yeah, Haloti. thanks for having me. And congratulations, buddy. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate yeah. it. All right, thank you so much to Haloti. Uh, really exciting day for him. Uh, you know, I think it's cool that he gets that moment to come back here, retire a Raven. There aren't many guys that I, I've been here for a few of these retirement press conferences. Haloti's, I think, might have been the most, uh, I guess, moving. I mean, he had like 50 family members here. Yeah, it's definitely the best attendant. Yes, it was packed. <laughs> I was like, I walked into the auditorium. I'm like, is there a spot? Could like, you pick out who Haloti's brothers uh, in the crowd were? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it exactly. Well, Talking about doppelgangers. <laughs> exactly. Well, when I first saw it, when I first walked in and I saw Haloti, well, I saw his brother first, and I was like, oh, Haloti looks a little... Oh, wait, that's not Haloti, that's his brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was really cool. But uh, before we go today, we have a special guest in addition to Haloti, uh, and that is Lala. And Lala is here because she won our Green Turtle Junior Reporter Contest. So she is here at OTAs, and she gets to basically be... She's coming after our jobs. Yeah. That's she, basically she, what she this is. She won the Take Garrett's Job Contest. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so Lala, thank you very much for being here today. Thank you. So tell us what grade you're in, where you go to school. I'm in fifth grade, and I go to Roland Park Country School. Nice. And uh, you've got a Justin Tucker jersey on, I see. So who is your favorite player? Is it Tucker? Uh, yeah. Okay, nice. And so one of the things you're going to get to do today is be out at practice, check out the press conferences. Do you have any hard-hitting questions for the players today? Um, yeah. What are you going to fire away Give with? Give us that? a preview. Yeah, we want to see this. Um... Well, for Coach Harbaugh, I want to ask him if it's harder to be on the sidelines um, and on the Super Bowl or watching his daughter's championship lacrosse game. Oh, that's a great question. That is a good one. He's going to love that question. <laughs> yeah. He's going to love your questions a lot more than he likes mine. Yeah, exactly. I can guarantee that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can, if there's some information, you know, people want to know if we're going to sign Gerald McCoy. Go ahead and ask Harbaugh if we're going to sign Gerald McCoy. That's what you need to do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't actually do that. <laughs> um, That's but, cool. So do you, do you want to be a reporter one day? Yeah. Yeah? All right. On TV, you want to write? What do you want to do? You want to host a podcast? What kind of things do you want to do? Um, I either want to be like Erin Andrews or the person that's in the microphone behind her, like in her ear. Oh, okay. Producer. Like a producer. Like yeah. Frankie. There you go. Look at Frankie. <laughs> this is a role model. We... Eh. Yeah, roll a dicey. <laughs> Do you play lacrosse also? Yes. Nice. Nice. Well, you'll have that. I'm sure Coach Harbaugh will be excited <laughs> to talk with you about that. He's a big lacrosse fan. So enjoy your time here today. Thank, Thank you. Thanks so much for being here. And uh, congratulations on winning this contest with Green Turtle. Yeah. Wait, how did you win it? What did you do to win the contest? Did you have to come um, up with some good questions? Yeah, I came up with a question for... Um, Lamar Jackson, and I acted like a reporter. What was your question to Lamar? Um, well, he is the fastest quarterback. Yeah. 
um, last season, so I was wondering how they got so fast. That's a great question for Lamar. Did, it, did we got to get an answer, right? Did you get an answer? Or are you <laughs> no. going to get an answer? Got to get an answer today. Well, yeah, let me know because I'm slow. So if I could become faster like Lamar, I would love that. <laughs> I can help you on the lacrosse field too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Lala. And as always, uh, you guys can email the show at the lounge at ravens.nfl.net. Uh, there's lots of exciting things happening. So send in those emails, and we will be back with you next week.